1: Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
0: In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love What depths of peace When fears are stilled When striving cease My comforter My all in all Here in the love of Christ flesh fullness of God in helpless space this gift King. of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as Jesus died the wrath of Fine, for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ. I live. Come on.
1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. We need to learn how to take our stand. And then we need to learn how to just stand, how to not change positions, but just stand. We need to find out immediately when we have a problem, how does God want us to pray about this? And when we find out, and that may take some time, we just take a stand and we don't move. We don't wiggle. We stand for what we believe God has said to us that he wants us to do. Now, oh, I can tell you, Satan will come with every possible lie. You will not even recognize them as Satan's lies. They will come from friends and family, and they will say, don't be a fool. You know you can take care of this. Don't wait on God. God's not going to come. That's the devil talking. But if you know God they don't dissuade you from waiting on God. The Lord has satisfied my heart time after time with his presence. He's answered my my cries. He has delivered me time after time. But not without great opposition from the devil telling me I was a fool. You cannot expect if you're double-minded as James says to receive anything from the Lord. Now when I broke my hip Everyone said, go to the doctor. But the Lord said, wait upon the Lord. So which do I do? I knew what position he wanted me to take, and I took that position of waiting upon the Lord. It was a very painful position, and one that gave the devil many opportunities to come and say, you're a fool. This person, this other person, these people all say you should immediately go to the emergency room and get it taken care of. But the Lord said, wait upon me. Well, I had to take a stand. A stand that says... It doesn't matter what anybody says to me. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter if it feels like I'm dying. And it has. But I'm going to take a stand, which I've taken. I will wait upon the Lord. And the Lord will heal me. How do I know that? Well, first of all, Mark 11, 23, 24, and many other promises in Scripture. It's very clear that if you take a stand, you obey the Lord, you do what he asks you to do, that he takes responsibility for answering that prayer that is pouring forth from your lips. I'm going to share with you a story by Pastor Guy Bevington, holiness evangelist sometime around the early 1900s. An incident happened, a very painful incident, He fell and had three broken ribs. I want to share it with you. I've shared it before, but I want to share it again. Because the number one issue in the life of Christians for why their prayers are not being heard by God is because they first never took time to find out what God wanted to do about it. And two, they never took a stand. You know what it means to take a stand. You draw a line in the sand and you say, I will not go further than this. And Mr. Devil, you cannot come any closer to me than this. I am going to believe the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am going to walk with integrity with him. And I'm going to wait upon him. I'm going to wait on the Lord. So let me proceed now to share his story of his three broken ribs. He writes sometime later, still being out of a mission one dear brother came to me with an invitation. I've been going out to the suburbs for several years to hold services. I have a Sunday school, and I believe the Lord would be pleased to have you go out with me. I'll take you with me tomorrow, which is our regular meeting time. So we went, and the brother preached to the people at home, and the meetings went on for several nights, and there were four saved, two sanctified, and three healed. Soon, no home in the area could hold all the people who came. Three sisters came to us and said, We've rented a storeroom near here, and we'll fix it up for you to hold those meetings. We agreed and went to help them prepare the room. This was in the fall of the year, and it was quite chilly. On the second day of work, I was polishing the stovepipe while standing on a cloth-bottomed chair. Not wishing to soil the cloth, my feet were on the outer edges of the chair. I was rubbing with all of my strength, stretching and rubbing as high as I could, when the chair suddenly overturned. I fell heavily, Striking my side on the chair. The poor chair was completely smashed. And I just lay there among the bits and pieces for some time. I don't know how long it was. When I regained my senses, the building was spinning around at a tremendous rate. And I felt very sick. I tried to get up but could not, so I fell back on the floor and tried to pray. I was in such... Utter misery. I could hardly even do that. Finally, I did feel a little better, and with the aid of three other chairs, I pulled myself to my feet. The pain in my side had me gasping in agony. I wondered what in the world was the matter. I found that putting my hand on my side and pressing hard helped a little. "'So I kept the pressure there. "'I even preached that night with my hand pressed to my side. "'I didn't tell anyone what had happened "'or how the chair had gotten smashed. "'The following morning I found myself in difficulty. "'I had rigged up a way to keep the weight of the covers off me "'during the night by propping a machine cover up at my side. "'I spent the night praying getting some relief, and sleeping briefly. But at but every move, I would awaken, feeling as though a thousand needles were pushing into my side, and then I would pray, get some relief, and doze off again. What a tough night. Brother Allen heard of my fall and came to see me that first day, He worked only five blocks away and had meals sent to my room so he could be at my side as much as possible. At night, he slept in my bed as I was now down on the floor for firmer support. No longer able to abide the bed, I would get up, and he would get up, and then he'd go off to his work and leave me. Brother Bevington, he finally said, I know that God healed me. "'but this seems to be a different case. "'There's surely something wrong with your ribs. "'You must have a doctor.' "'No, no, no doctor for me,' I replied. "'But by the fourth day I've seemed to be impressed "'to see a doctor anyway. "'Lord, I don't want to see a doctor. "'Thou art my healer.' "'I stuck it out another day.' the sixth day since the accident, and the fourth and finally decided to go find a doctor. I'd not had anything to eat all during this time, although a woman came daily to bring me food. I couldn't eat or or even swallow water without being thrown into spasms of pain. I pulled myself up with the aid of two chairs, Holding one side, I packed cotton batting under a belt and wrapped it around me for some relief. Using a stick for a cane, I ventured out to search for a doctor. After hobbling three blocks, I saw a medical sign and I went in. I stood against the wall near the door and soon the doctor entered to call his next patient and urged me, To take a seat. I knew I would have trouble getting up, so I remained standing. His southern hospitality would not permit him to leave me standing, so he kept insisting that I sit down. Finally, to appease him, I did, and greatly suffered for doing so. I sat there for forty minutes waiting my turn. Finally, he motioned for me to come in. Doctor, I don't think I can get up alone. Three men came to my aid and assisted me into his office. Well, said the doctor jovially. you seem to be somewhat crippled up. He put his hand on my side and I was not prepared for that act. I hollered out loud and almost fainted from the pain. The doctor reconsidered his approach. Perhaps this is something quite serious. I'll give you something for the pain so I can examine you. No, doctor. Nothing of the kind, please. Just go ahead and and make your examination. He poked gently at my side and then looked at my face. You cannot undergo such an examination as I will have to do without any kind of pain medication. I refused the medication again. "'What happened? "'Did some mule kick you?' "'No,' was all I could say. "'I didn't want to tell him what was wrong. "'I wanted him to find out.' "'Well, what is your profession?' "'I'm a holiness evangelist,' I replied. "'Do you live around here?' "'No. "'No, I'm from Kentucky.' "'Ah, you're from up north, then. "'Were you holding some meetings somewhere near?' "'Yes, sir,' I replied, "'and wishing he'd quit asking questions "'and start giving me some answers. "'Whereabouts?' he asked. "'I started first in the Wilcox mission. "'With that he stopped and looked at me most critically.' Are you the man from up north that saved old Tom and Liz? I never saved anyone, I replied. He eyed me with suspicion. Well, I heard that story pretty straight from a friend of mine. What's your name again? I told him, and he repeated it slowly, and then said, That sure sounds like the name to me. You must be the one he told me about. No, you're mistaken. I got it pretty straight, and it was in the newspapers, too. Your name sounds right. Didn't you hold a meeting at the Wilcox mission? Finally, I admitted that I had, but then explained to him that I had not saved Tom and Liz, but it was Jesus who had saved them both. Well, well. So you are the party who fasted and prayed and stuck to them (coughs) until you got them saved and remarried. I hear they're both doing quite well. I guess they are, I replied. How much money do you have? I'd like to take an x-ray. I knew they charged $10 for that in Cincinnati, and I quickly said, I'm not able to have an X-ray. Still, I felt that somehow an X-ray was exactly what God had wanted me to come there for. I was unsure what to do except what God told me to do. Finally, the doctor said, I have to put a silver dollar each time I use this machine. X-ray machine because it isn't mine. If you have just one dollar, I'll go ahead and use it on you. I knew I didn't have a dollar, so I bowed my head and waited for a moment. Then I said, I have a friend who will give you a dollar. So if you'll go ahead and do it, I'll have the x-ray. He positioned me, blindfolded my eyes, and slipped in one of the dollars. Upon one look at the x-ray, the doctor pulled the blindfold from my eyes, exclaiming, "'My good man, you're all torn to pieces inside. "'I don't know how you've lived these six days in this condition. "'Your first rib is separated three-fourths of an inch, "'the second one a half inch, and the third a quarter of an inch, "'and there's a piece of bone about the size of a horseshoe nail.' "'torn from your first rib, laying right across your other ribs. "'That's what's causing you so much pain.' "'He shook his head in amazement. "'I can't do anything for you, but I have a cousin in Nashville "'who's in charge of the finest hospital in Tennessee. "'He and I were talking over the phone the other day, "'and I was telling him about Tom and Liz. "'He said he really wanted to see that northern fellow.' and I'm sure that I can get you in to see him real cheap. Ordinarily, it would cost you $500 and take about seven months. But tomorrow, I'll see what I can do for you. I went back to my room, saying, Five hundred Seven seven months, Lord? Thou canst beat that. I went into my room and remained... In that position on the floor, every moment caused great suffering. But I believed I would soon get the victory. The floor was getting harder and harder. Night came, and so did Brother Allen. I told him what I'd done and where I'd been, and he said, What doctor did you go to? I told him the name. Oh, he's a dear friend of mine a safe man. He is the one who who bought the baby organ for me to play at the jail and on the streets. He does all the doctoring at the foundry where I work, and everyone recognizes him as a real Christian. He always gets down on his knees and prays for the foundry before examining patients. I see him as I pass by his office. Well, Brother Allen gave the doctor a dollar for me, the next morning the doctor worked faithfully all that day for me that night brother alan came in and he was covered with perspiration after having run three blocks to break the news to me i just stopped at the doctor's office to see what he was able to do for you all things are arranged there will be a stretcher with four men here at 9 a.m tomorrow morning They will bear you to the depot where a special train has been chartered to take you to Nashville. You will be cared for at the remarkably low price of just what the materials for the artificial ribs will cost. It won't be more than $80. All of the work and care and board will be donated. You're going to have nearly $700 worth of medical care donated to you. This doctor is such a good man. Brother Allen, I said, that's a great favor indeed. And I do feel very thankful for what the doctor has done. But I can't go to a hospital. What? You won't go to the hospital? I can't. I felt helpless to explain. Brother Bevington, you must remember that you're in the in the south now. You're not still up north where gangrene spread in these cases, and you and you must go to the hospital. The Board of Health will have to interfere, and you will be sent to the pest house. I will never endure seeing you sent to that to that wicked place. Didn't the Lord heal you down here in this very city? I reminded him. Yes, but your condition is altogether different. In the first place, you're older than I am, and I didn't have any ailments that would cause gangrene. Perhaps not. But is God circumcised to conditions or places? Is God's power conditional? Must all these earthly facts be analyzed before God can operate? Still he tried to reason with me. Brother, you must excuse judgment here. You must exercise judgment here. You're not dealing with northerners now. You're dealing with hot-headed southerners. So according to what you just said, you believe God's power is limited to place and people. You... You may believe that Brother Allen, but you'll never make me cons- you'll never convince me of that. It will not, under any conditions, I will not, under any conditions, go to that hospital and have surgery. I cannot turn my back on my heavenly doctor. Never. He has done too much for me to fail me now but you might infect the whole city, which they'll not allow for millions of dollars. You have all the officers in town after you, and the pest house is exactly where you're going to end up. That will be the result of your refusal, and you will no longer have anyone to blame but yourself. With that, he retired for the night in complete silence. The next morning he set off for work only to meet the doctor along the way. Well, said the doctor, I suppose Brother Bevington is delighted with what has been done for him. Doc, that fellow is actually a crank, for sure. Why do you say that? Brother Allen was frustrated to the point of sharpness as he spoke. He didn't want to go to the hospital. He has has it set in his head that the Lord is going to heal those broken ribs. Nonsense, replied the doctor. He has said that he absolutely will not go. Are you telling me, the doctor asked, that he is turning down all that I have done for him? I'm sorry, yes, that's what he's doing. Off stomped the good doctor with his southerner blood dancing to a dangerous beat. About 10 a.m., three officers showed up and raked me over the coals quite briskly. They gave me 24 hours to reconsider my decision, leaving me well-informed as to the the test house. The time limit was to be 11 a.m. the next day. I went to praying the best I could. The next day, they returned right on schedule, ready to take me to the pest house. I prevailed upon them to give me until 7 a.m. the following day. They had a doctor with them who said, Gentlemen, there isn't any sign of gangrene yet, a most remarkable exception. Strangely enough, there is no sign of inflammation either. It is a really clean wound. Grant him his wish. The doctor and the officers left for the time being. I know what this man is going through in part with my broken hip. So painful that sometimes I can't even pray. But the Lord heard me. I took my stand. I'm not going to budge. Brother Allen came in expressing great desperation over my obstinacy especially after seeing i still could not sit up or lie except in one very limited position i called i told him to just keep quiet as i was trying to compose my own feelings i was getting somewhere i was getting somewhat weak and nervous i'd never before been troubled by these feelings to any alarming extent Brother Allen, you just stand still, and you will see the power of God, I finally told him. I was well-nigh convinced God was arranging to give the people there an object lesson through, one they would never forget. My suffering seemed to increase, but I held on. I continued to struggle in prayer till just before dawn the next day. I saw myself actually shrinking down, getting smaller and smaller. I felt a glimmer of a hallelujah, for I knew I was on the Lord's trimming lathe. I was being trimmed down. So I began so softly to praise the Lord. I didn't dare to exert myself, nor did I want to, for fear it was breaking the bond that was being woven around and through me. Neither did I want to awaken Brother Allen. I just kept quietly saying, Glory. 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 At each utterance I would see more shavings fly, I knew I was getting the victory. The glories just kept coming out whether Brother Allen was sleeping nearby or not. They were getting louder and louder. Once I knew it was time for him to get up, I didn't hesitate to open my mouth even more. I was getting excited to realize my efforts were not hurting in the least. I had not taken a long, deep breath in days, and I had wanted to so badly. So I tried it and rejoiced when it didn't hurt. Brother Allen had now awakened, and he was staring at me like I was crazy. I raised my right arm in the air. Nothing hurt, and I just shouted as loud as I could, "'Glory, it is done!' As I said those words, I heard the ribs come back together. I jumped to my feet and began pounding on my ribs. Frightened by my action, he bounded out of bed and grabbed my arms. Brother Allen, I am healed. Brother Bevington, you will kill yourself if you don't stop. No, I'm healed in spite of his trying to hold me. I kept pounding those ribs and feeling no pain. Brother Allen did not believe me. He actually thought that the suffering, the possibility of not getting healed, the prospect of the pest house had so worked on my mind that I'd gone crazy. But it was done. a Complete, wonderful work of the supernatural. As I relate these words, I can feel the glory the same power I felt back then. I rejoiced in a Christ who heals. Hallelujah to his dear name. May that name always be magnified as we exalt him above all other agencies and powers. I felt hungry right away. So I went and had a good early dinner. I'd not eaten but one meal during those eight days of struggle. When I came back to the room, how different everything looked. I fell on my face in the very spot where I had been healed and sent forth the continued contents of praise in my heart. A great landslide came from heaven into my soul, and I laughed and shouted for about three hours. Finally climbing down and becoming somewhat normal as I adjusted to the change, I thought I should let the doctor know what had happened. So I went to his office, took a seat and waited for him. When I came to the door, I spoke to him, but he just grunted. He had been insulted. The old man in him was making a fine display of what he felt on the inside. When it came my turn, he stepped up to the door, motioned for the next person, "'Ignoring me. "'So I jumped up, "'feeling he could not fail to see the difference in my movements. "'It had the desired effect. "'He looked at me in amazement. "'What's happened to you? "'Doctor, I'm a healed man.' "'It was readily apparent he did not take much stock in that statement, "'but the facts were staring him in the face.' He couldn't reason them away. As I stood there, pounding on my ribs and shouting, the the Presbyterian doctor just stood there and looked at me with a wild look in his eyes. I didn't care that all of his other patients were staring at me either. He finally laid his hand on my side. Go ahead, pound it. He did and then dropped his head down on my shoulder and began to weep and tremble until he shook my whole frame. He reminded me of an aspen leaf in the wind. After weeping for several minutes, he said, There must be something to this healing power. I have never seen anything like this. You say Jesus did this without any other kind of remedy. Yes, sir. Now here's another dollar, for I'd like you to turn on the ex ex. The X ray machine. Oh I'll gladly do it. I'm I'm very interested in that sliver that was laying across your ribs. I informed him that the sil that the sliver would be in its place. When he turned on the x ray he just stood speechless while I laughed. He laid his head on my shoulder again and he wept and trembled as he said There's no splinter to be seen and no trace that it's ever been there. Again, the glory fell, and I had to walk the floor. I didn't dare to be too noisy in that office, so I just paced back and forth. I felt that I was actually flying. It seemed that my feet were not touching the floor. (laughs) Well, I'm going to stop there. That's the story, and it's a real one. It's true. And of course, you have to decide. If you want to take a stand with Jesus for your healing or for any other answer to prayer, you're going to have to very carefully read the promises of Scripture. You're going to have to read them and then decide, are these promises real or are they not? Can you trust Jesus to save your soul, but you can't trust him to heal you? Is Jesus everything for you, or is he not? If Jesus is everything for you, then you have to make peace with what I've shared with you. Now, in my life, I've been eight months, almost nine months, with a broken hip, how do you know it's broken, Pastor? Have you been to an x-ray? No, I never went to an x-ray machine. I just hear them grinding against each other, and I can't put any weight on the leg. I know there's a break there. Well, Pastor, what are you going to do about it? You know how tempted I've been by the devil to go see a orthopedic surgeon and get this leg taken care of? but I'm not worshiping an orthopedic surgeon. I'm worshiping the God of heaven, and he told me to wait. Now, I do tell you, I have asked the Lord if he would, in the healing of this leg, do it in such a manner that it's public, that people will be moved to tears when they see what God has done. As a testimony to Jesus Christ that He is a healer. As a testimony that He is faithful to a man who will take His stand and not back down. Are there things in your life that you need to take a stand about? A marriage that's failing? you need to take a stand that God will restore that marriage? Do you need to take a stand for a a mental healing? Do you believe God can heal a mind? Are you willing to take whatever time is necessary to wait before him to hear whether he wants to heal that person or you? First, you have to know what God wants to do and what he wants you to do. And some of you are going to be dismayed when you don't hear in five minutes what God wants. You have to hear very clearly what God wants. And then you have to take a stand on what he's told you. And you don't, you don't give up. Even if you die, you don't give up. You wait on the Lord. He is the ruler of heaven and earth. He is the creator God. He is the majestic one of heaven. You wait on Him and you listen. It'll be the hardest thing you've ever done. I know. You wait on God. It's amazing how many times in the scriptures the order is given, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. The scripture means it, wait on the Lord. Don't rush off to your solution. And I can testify that the pain will be sometimes excruciating And you'd rather just die. But you stand by faith on the word of the living God. If he said, Wait upon the Lord, as he said to me, you don't tell someone to wait and then not show up. Jesus isn't going to stand me up. I'm to wait on the Lord. And so with joy and pain I wait on the Lord. You see, the question is does God answer prayer? Will he answer your prayer? And are you willing to meet the conditions for him to answer that prayer? Many of you have prayed and ask the Lord for healing, or you've prayed and asked the Lord for something, and when it didn't immediately happen, you chose to blow God God off. You choose to say, well, I I tried it, but it didn't work, Ray. I prayed and asked God if he would heal me, and he didn't heal me. did you meet the conditions walk in obedience stand by faith on the promise and not move one way or the other until the lord leads you some of you he will say go to a doctor i understand that i'm not against doctors But you have to decide. Do you trust Jesus? Is he everything to you? You see, my whole life is wrapped up in Jesus. I don't have a life outside of Jesus. Does that make sense? If you have a life outside of Jesus, then go ahead and Go to that life and let that life try to do its best to heal you. But I trust Jesus. Yes, there have been mornings where my hands are trembling, where I can't write. (laughs) Is that okay? Of course. I signed up to trust Jesus. So you'll probably have to stop going to the world's entertainment, turn the television off, turn the internet off. You're going to have to go to the Lord and let him tell you what to do. And he will speak to you and he will tell you what he wants you to do. One of the greatest joys of my life. One of the greatest joys of my life is being able to hear the Lord God of heaven speak and then obey. <laughs> I want you to do the same. I challenge you to go to God with your condition and ask him what he wants you to do. And then whatever he tells you, you do it. If that's go to a doctor, go to a doctor. If that's take medication, take medication. Whatever he tells you, do it. But ask him, will he heal you? And then read the promises of scripture. By his stripes we are healed. Or Mark 11, command this mountain to be removed into the depths of the sea and it will be done for you. So I know this is not something I have to do. I can't. And I won't allow human hands to do it. I wait on my Lord. And I trust him. I love that old song we sang at Sunday at the National Prayer Chapel. Trust and obey. That is the only way if you want to be happy in Jesus. Trust and obey. <laughs> Well, I'd like to take some time as we've come to the end of this broadcast time. I'd like to pray for you. Lord, the big question is not, will you or won't you heal? The big question is, will we trust you? So Lord, I ask you to be very direct with every person listening to this broadcast and instruct them in what you want them to do. If you want to send them to a physician, then Lord, send them away. But if you want them to come to you and learn how to take a stand and not be moved by emotion, by pain, by criticism, if you want them not to be moved, then Lord, give Him the inner strength to absolutely wait upon the Lord. Lord, thank you. And I pray today for each person who is sick. I pray for your healing touch to come upon them right now. And it may be that they're at a place of unbelief in their life, but they will bow their heads and say, Okay, Jesus, I'll trust you. Now, Lord, would you give them the assurance and the courage to wait upon you, to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. And I pray, Lord, that many who listen to this broadcast will, at your timing, come to the National Prayer Chapel and be strengthened and encouraged in the way of the cross. Lord, people say, oh, we're coming, and then I never see them. I understand. It's a scary way to follow you, Jesus. I ask, Lord, now that you will send forth your spirit. And you will bring men and women, as you see fit, to be a part of the National Prayer Chapel. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we pray for your healing, but give us the courage to take a stand and not Be moved by every discouraging word that every foolish person will throw at us, even, yea, the devil. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I pray this has been helpful to you. that you will take your stand with the Lord God of heaven and you will not be dissuaded by the devil to go one way or the other but you will joyfully trust the Lord even yea to the point of death trust the Lord he knows what he's doing in your life and in mine And I wait upon him for that glorious day when I come on this radio and this YouTube rejoicing in what Jesus has done for me and proclaiming what he will do for you. All things are possible with Jesus. Do you believe that? I know it to be true. I've seen his miraculous hand do some amazing, amazing things in my life. He's not brought me this far to cast me aside and forget about me. He hasn't brought you this far to forget about you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon.